0: Yes, good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Mystic Show. It's a Monday morning, and um, I'm happy to be here. I'm very grateful to be here. I want to talk about gratitude for a second. Um, But first, I'm glad you could join me here on The Mystic Show. Um, Our website is themysticshow.net. And you can find links to everything there, links to our social media, links to the podcast. We do the show live every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Of course, that's not morning for everyone in the world. I think in the in the East it's uh, evening. Um, and then we podcast the show. So we archive all the shows on our website and also in iTunes and Stitcher. And this is an interactive live show. It's internet radio, but yes, you can call in. You can Skype with me as well if you're somewhere where it's difficult to use a phone. Uh, The phone number and Skype handle are on the website, uh, themysticshow.net. Feel free to call if you have a question or a comment, if you want to put your two cents into the conversation. We, uh, we greatly appreciate that. And um, speaking of greatly appreciating, um, well, I should mention, this show is all about spirituality, mindfulness, and self-help, and meditation, and all things unseen and otherworldly we like to discuss. Um, we like to discuss a lot of things, including a lot of things that seem to be way out there. Uh, but we always bring it back to what, what can we do with this knowledge, you know? I mean, these interesting topics are wonderful, but how can we use it in our life? So, that's one of our aims on the show is to not only talk about very cool things, because honestly, the mundane world is so boring most times I mean just turn on the news I was yesterday watching a little bit of the Olympics and you know there between the Olympics there's a news program that came on I don't know why and they started talking about you know the usual stuff that there was a a murder somewhere there's a person found murdered There's a carjacking, there's problems with guns, and you know, I mean, man, I don't know, I don't understand that. Like, don't, don't, doesn't each of us understand that, like, we're just poisoning our own minds by spewing out that garbage every day, all day? And probably 1% of it we need to know maybe 1%. The rest we don't need to know. It's just a freak show to get TV ratings. Anyway, I don't want to get on a rant first thing here. (laughs) First thing on a Monday morning. Uh, But gratitude, you know, this weekend, uh, the Mystic show came into my mind a lot, actually. And I'm just really grateful to have an opportunity to sort of help facilitate this type of a conversation because you can't have this conversation everywhere talking about the things we talk about on the mystic show and it's just beyond where most people are in their lives and where, where their beliefs are because the the mystic show really has nothing to do with religion, any religion it's completely beyond religion. Uh and religion's fine, religion's okay. Religion is good. But we're focusing on the individual we'd like to and um and their each individual's connection with the divinity inside of them. And that's loosely called spirituality. So I'm grateful to be a part of this conversation, and let me remember to put the volume of the Skype and the phone up so I can hear you if you call. Um, so, real quick, mentioning the Olympics, I, I, I have to talk about this. Because, okay, as for those of you who don't know, I have been practicing a method of spiritual practice for about 10 years and I love it and I helped teach it it's benefited me immensely I mean I'm a completely different person than I was let's say 11 years ago and um I've put in a lot of time and effort though and money money for traveling (laughs) not for any other reason actually um And so when I was watching the Olympics and you watch some of these athletes, how disciplined they are and they show these clips of them training and they have coaches, you know, usually they have several different coaches, one coach for this, one coach for that. And they're so dedicated to being the best. I mean, that's what they're going for, to be the best gold medal in the olympics that's what they think about that's what they train for that's what they talk about and it's kind of impressive to see people so focused right because think about you and i in our regular mundane lives i mean maybe you're focused too that that that's awesome uh most of us though are are not so focused you know, we kind of live life and, you know, we we want this. We wish for that. We work a little towards this. We do that. And, we, you know, we accomplish some things. But I don't know how many of us have that, uh, what I'm calling the Olympic attitude where I'm going for gold. I'm going to be the best. And, of course, the whole reason I'm bringing this up Is because on our spiritual path, the same opportunity slash challenge is there. Some of us on the spiritual path decide that I'm going to be the best, I'm going to reach the highest spiritual goal available to human beings, and I'm going to work at it every day, and I'm going to get a coach. And I'm going to, my coach is going to help me and I'm going to put in effort and I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to reach my goal. (laughs) And the other folks, the rest of us or or some of us say, yeah, spirituality is pretty good. It's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll meditate a little, you know, once a month. Or, you know, I'll read a book now and then, you know, I'll hear a nice quote and I'll, you know, I'll tell my husband or tell my wife, whatever. But there's never really an a, a desire to, to really accomplish something big. I mean, it's been done, right? There's the, the Buddhas of the world, Jesus... Countless numbers of saints in India and the East and whoever else. I mean, we don't even know, right? How can we name all the saints? We, There's no way. We don't know. But there have been many. And the same opportunity is available to you and I. These saints themselves have said that. So, for those of you who are listening who who, uh, oh, there's our Skype. Is anything happening? Nope. Um, For those of you who are Christian who are listening and saying, oh, no, you have to worship Jesus, well, you might not know, but Jesus himself said that each of you can achieve what I have achieved and even more. Right? And that's what he wanted for the whole world, for every person in the world. I don't think he was out to change the world. He was out to help change individuals or help individuals change. <laughs> so this, this opportunity to really reach a very high spiritual state is available to us right now, each of us right now. And by focusing on it a little bit and, and putting in some effort, and maybe surrounding yourself with a person or people who can help you. I mean, you can go a long way. I even thought we we should come up with an with an event like uh the spiritual olympics and have it every 4 years. <laughs> I mean, it's such a silly idea. I'm totally not serious, you know. Um but, you know, let's say every we all meet up every 4 years and uh and you have to practice for 4 years to to meditate the best that you can and maybe when we meet up at the spiritual olympics maybe there's i don't know there's a way to measure that where you sit somewhere and they can measure your brain waves or how how deep you can meditate or something i don't know um but of course the other problem with this silly analogy is that it's not a competition, right? Spirituality is not a competition, so. It's a silly analogy, but you understand my point, that if you had something to look forward to, if you knew the world was going to end in four years, and someone told you, if you really practice and meditate and do your cleaning and become really divinized, you'll graduate to the next level. But if you're just, meh, middle-of-the-road, average person, you're not going to make it. I mean, that might give some of us motivation to to put in some effort. Anyhow, I'm just kind of rambling, but kind of also looking at the attitude of some of these Olympians on the television. And seeing how dedicated they are, and and, and how... I don't know. It's becomes a lifestyle. I guess they become that becomes their whole life. And and again, the, the spiritual greats from the past, they actually did make spirituality their whole life, if you think about it. So there's a little thought, some thoughts about the Olympics. Um, I don't know what you, uh, if you had any comments on that. If you're listening live, you can always comment on the the post when when this episode is uploaded um, on themysticshow.net. You can comment on it there, or you can call or Skype me live on the show. All that information is on the website, themysticshow.net, and we'll just take a quick little break. Yes, thank you to Douglas Irvine for that little piece of music called Procession at Thebes. And yes, that is, uh, that's is... I've played clips from that before. That's from the album... Um, I think it's called Ambient Egypt and it's Egyptian music and a lot of it, or at least some of it, is played with actual Egyptian uh, instruments that were found... I don't know where they were found, in Egypt, but they're thousands of years old, instruments. So, thanks, Douglas Irvine, and uh, welcome back to The Mystic Show. Now we're going to get back into the book we're reading, and this is a great um, section we're going to read today, and uh, of course... Preparing for the show, I'd read it beforehand, and um, it's really nice. There's a lot of good points to talk about. So, the book we're reading from is called Your Invisible Power, and the author is Genevieve Birend. And it was published, I believe, in 1921. And Genevieve Brend was the only person to actually study with uh, Thomas Troward. Thomas Troward was a, um, a new thought leader back, you know, more than a hundred years ago. And um, anyway, she studied with him. And, and the whole book basically is about visualization and attracting to yourself the things you want in your life. And again, the title of the book is Your Invisible Power. The section we're going to read today is called How I Attracted to Myself $20,000. And again, I have to reiterate that this book, um, she does use money as an example of um, attracting to yourself the things you want, right? Right. Or, you know, visualizing your goals and achieving them. She does use money as an example. But keep in mind that it's not the whole idea of visualizing and using your mind power and mind wisdom to attract things or create things in your life. It doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be physical objects. It could be character traits It could also be um, spiritual states, you know, like we were just talking about in the last segment, achieving the highest spiritual goal available to a human being. That's something you can aim for, and you can use the principles and techniques she's talking about to do that. You absolutely can. So again, although we're talking about money, it can be used with money, but it can be used with anything. And that's the whole point, obviously, here on The Mystic Show. It's not about earning money, although we need money, so money's not bad. Money is uh, just fine. So let's, uh, let's get into this. This section, again, is called How I Attracted to Myself $20,000 from the book Your Invisible Power by Genevieve B. Rind. In the laboratory of experience in which my newly revealed relation to divine operation was to be tested, the first problem was a financial one. My income was a stipulated one, quite enough for my everyday needs, but it did not seem sufficient to enable me to go comfortably to England where Troward lived, and remain For an indefinite period to study with so great a teacher as he must be. So before inquiring whether Troward took pupils, or whether I would be eligible in case he did, I began to use the paragraph I had memorized. Daily, in fact, almost hourly, the words were in my mind. My mind is a center of divine operation, and divine operation means expansion into something better than has gone before. From the Edinburgh lectures, I had read something about the law of attraction, and from the chapter of Causes and Conditions, I had gleaned a vague idea of visualizing. So every night, before going to sleep, I made a mental picture of the desired $20,000. Twenty $1,000 bills were counted over each night in my bedroom. And then, with the idea of more emphatically impressing my mind with the fact that this $20,000 was for the purpose of going to England and studying with Troward, I wrote out my picture, saw myself buying my steamer ticket, walking up and down the ship's deck from New York to London, and finally saw myself accepted as Troward's pupil. This process was repeated every morning and every evening, Always impressing me more and more fully upon my mind, Troward's memorized statement, My mind is a center of divine operations. I endeavored to keep this statement in the back part of my consciousness all the time, with no thought in mind as how the money might be obtained. Probably the reason why there was no thought of the avenues through which the money might reach me was because I could not possibly imagine where the $20,000 would come from. So I simply held my thought steady and let the power of attraction find its own way, ways, and means. One day, while walking on the street taking deep breathing exercises, the thought came, My mind is surely a center of divine operation. If God fills all space, then God must be in my mind also. If I want this money to study with Troward, that I may know the truth of life, then both the money and the truth must be mine though I am unable to feel or see the physical manifestations of either. Still, I declared, it must be mine. While these reflections were going on in my mind, there seemed to come up from within me the thought, I am all the substance there is. Then, from another channel in my brain the answers seemed to come of course that's it everything must have its beginning in mind the i the idea must be the only one and primary substance there is and this means money as well as everything else my mind accepted this idea and immediately All the tension of mind and body was relaxed There was a feeling of absolute certainty Of being in touch with all the power Life has to give All thought of money, teacher Or even my own personality Vanished in the great wave of joy Which swept over my entire being I walked on and on with this feeling of joy steadily increasing and expanding until everything about me seemed aglow with resplendent light. Every person I passed was illuminated as I was. All consciousness of personality had disappeared, and in its place, there came that great and almost overwhelming sense of joy and contentment. That night, when I made my picture of the $20,000, it was with an entirely changed aspect. On previous occasions, when making my mental picture, I had felt that I was waking up something within myself. This time... There was no sensation of effort. I simply counted over the twenty thousand dollars. Then, in a most unexpected manner, from a source of which I had no consciousness at the time, there seemed to open a possible avenue through which the money might reach me. At first, It took great effort not to be excited. It all seemed so wonderful, so glorious to be in touch with supply. But had not Troward cautioned his readers to keep all excitement out of their minds in the first flush of realization of union with infinite supply, and to treat this fact as a perfectly natural result, That had been reached through our demand This was even more difficult for me Than it was to hold the thought That All the substance there is I am I Idea Am the beginning of all form Visible or invisible Just as soon as there appeared a circumstance which indicated the direction through which the twenty thousand dollars might come, I not only made a supreme effort to regard the indicated direction calmly as the first sprout of the seed I had sown in the absolute, but left no stone unturned to follow up that direction by fulfilling my part. By doing, by by so doing, one circumstance seemed naturally to lead to another, until, step by step, my desired twenty thousand dollars was secured. To keep my mind poised and free from excitement was my greatest effort. This first concrete fruition. Of my study of mental science As expounded by Troward's book Had come by a careful following Of the methods he had outlined In this connection, therefore I can offer to the reader No better gift than to quote Troward's book The Edinburgh Lectures From which may be derived A complete idea of the line of action I was endeavoring to follow. In the chapter on Causes and Conditions, he says, To get good results, we must properly understand our relation to the great impersonal power we are using. It is intelligent, and we are intelligent. And the two intelligences must cooperate. We must not fly in the face of the law, expecting it to do for us what it can only do through us. And we must therefore use our intelligence with the knowledge that it is acting as the instrument of a greater intelligence. And because we have this knowledge we may and should cease from all anxiety as to the final result. In actual practice we must first form the ideal conception of our object with the definite intention of impressing it upon the universal mind. It is this thought that takes such thought out of the region of mere causal fancies and then affirm that our knowledge of the law is sufficient reason for a calm expectation of a corresponding result and that therefore all necessary conditions will come to us in due order. we can then turn to the affairs of our daily life with the calm assurance that the initial conditions are either there already or will soon come into view. If we do not at once see them, let us rest content with the knowledge that the spiritual prototype is already in existence and wait till some circumstance pointing in the desired direction begins to show itself. It may be a very small circumstance, but it is the direction and not the magnitude that is to be taken into consideration. As soon as we see it, we should regard it as the first sprouting of the seed sown in the absolute and do calmly and without excitement, whatever the circumstances seem to require. And then later on, we shall see that this doing will in turn lead to a further circumstance in the same direction, until we find ourselves conducted step by step to the accomplishment of our object. In this way, The understanding of the great principle of the law of supply will, by repeated experiences, deliver us more and more completely out of the region of anxious thought and toilsome labor, and bring us into a new world where the useful employment of all our powers, whether mental or physical, will only be an unfolding of our individuality upon the lines of its own nature and therefore a perpetual source of health and happiness. A sufficient inducement, surely, to the careful study of the laws governing the relation between the individual and universal mind. End quote. To my mind, then as now, this quotation outlines the core and center of the method and manner of approach necessary for coming in touch with infinite supply. At least it, together with the previously quoted statement, my mind is a center of divine operation etc., constituted the only apparent means of attracting to myself the $20,000. My constant endeavor to get into the spirit of these statements and to attract to myself this needed sum was about six weeks, at the end of which time I had in my bank the required $20,000. This could be made into a long story, giving all the details. But the facts, as already narrated, will give you a definite idea of the magnetic condition of my mind while the $20,000 was finding its way to me. And that's the end of that passage for today. So let's take a quick break. back. Thank you to Anya for that little piece of music called Falling Embers from Anya. Thank you so much. It's beautiful, right? And welcome back to the Mystic Show. And uh, yeah, my voice was cracking up a little during that last, when I was reading it was so dry, I was trying to hang on for dear life. <laughs> You've probably heard that. Um, but this was a great uh, piece here, wasn't it? I mean, again, she's talking about attracting the money, but you see how she did that. Um, first, a couple points I'd like to make here, and, and just a reminder, you can call up. Uh, the phone number and the Skype handle are on the website. TheMysticShow.net So feel free to call If you have a a comment on, on the reading Or a comment on my comments But the author started visualizing Right? And then she was walking down the street And she had some You know, revelation Or she had some, you know, mystical experience, right? And I gotta say, you know, think think about it. The only way you're gonna have a revelation or a mystical experience is if you're regularly thinking about these topics and and really trying to understand them. And it's almost like when you're trying to understand these, you know, esoteric truths, and you keep trying to understand, and you keep studying. At some point, the universe, you know, kind of taps you on the shoulder and gives you some experience to understand more deeply. And think about it. For the person who has no interest in any of these topics, right? They don't study, they don't read, they don't care about spirituality or anything deeper. Think about it. The universe will never tap on that person's shoulder And give them some spiritual truth. I mean, of course, anything's possible at any time. I understand that. But my point is that as we study and as we keep trying to learn, we are blessed somehow with higher knowledge as we keep going. And the only way to get that higher knowledge is to keep going. So that's what happened to the author. She was walking down the street and then she had this joy, right, running through her. And she didn't even care about the $20,000 or her teacher or anything. So that was some, you know, some experience and then she says that evening when she visualized um uh, the whole visualization process was much different because she said beforehand she felt like she was putting in effort to, you know, try and wake up something inside of her, right? But after this, it just was effortless. And that's actually when she got this little glimpse of an idea of where the $20,000 might come from. So, I guess in a note of encouragement to... To all of you, as well as myself, um, we may be on the spiritual path for a while. We may be reading and studying, and maybe you haven't had this huge revelation and, you know, mystical experience yet or whatever. Um, But it's coming. You know, you can't go wrong by being on this path. I I, I believe that. I mean, the truth is just going to open up a little more if you approach it the right way with the right heart so and okay so then she also says which Troward says that you should keep all the excitement out of your mind and treat this as a perfectly natural result right because if I don't know it it's it's if like if you get all excited and look we we probably would be a little bit excited right when these things happen and it's understandable um but the fact we're so excited kind of proves that it's uh it's a rare experience which we've never had whereas what troward is suggesting is to keep calm and treat this as a perfectly natural result. And that's the whole idea of of his teaching, right? Is to is is that once you're understanding this the whole law of infinite supply in the universe, that the universe is just all this potential, right? It's just hanging there, waiting there, this potential. And the individual human mind, that means you, can use your mind to make something concrete out of this big potential energy. And that's that's the whole use of the mind. That's what the mind does. So what he's saying is, look, this is what the mind does. So don't get all excited. This is just what it does. Um, And it kind of makes sense, but, you know, hey, when you know when we're learning when we're on the path we do get a little excited and it's okay then it, then this is a point i really love because whenever you bring up law of attraction you have i'm sure there's all these people out there saying oh my god here we go again law of attraction you know the secret and you know all you have to do is think about it and you'll get it that's not right and you know what? Of course it's not right. Nobody who talks about or teaches the law of attraction will tell you that all you have to do is sit on a couch and think about something and it will appear. No one ever said that, no one would. That's stupid. So when the author says here, you know, once she once she saw a glimpse you know, of the direction by which the $20,000 might come. She said she took action and she left no stone unturned in her pursuit. So she took action, right? She moved towards it. And that's the whole, that's the other side of the law of attraction, um I don't have it prepared but uh this quote by Wallace Wattles I think he said that um by by thinking your your object of desire is brought to you and by action you receive it. So the thinking starts your thinking helps the universe start to manifest it but then your action is the thing that has to receive it i mean that's common sense but good to know good to go over and okay then you had troward's quote here which is just i mean i mean (laughs) some of these sentences were long and you know kind of deep um but you you know there's one sentence here. We must not fly in the face of the law, expecting it to do for us what it can only do through us. Right? Again, we, we can't expect magic. We have to come to a real understanding of how our mind works, you know, in conjunction with the universe. Right? Because he says, um, speaking of the universe, it is intelligent and we are intelligent and the two intelligences must cooperate. Right? So then he talks about... Yeah, I'm just kind of scanning it here real quick. But anyway, what a great uh, quote by Troward. And, you know, again, one of the reasons I really like this book is because it goes deeper. It goes like five levels deeper, Right? than just, okay, write down your goals and you'll achieve it. Or, you know, sit down and meditate and everything will be fine. You know, uh, I don't know about that. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe you, maybe, yeah, who knows, maybe. So let's, um, let's take our last little break. And then, then I have a, a really nice reading from, uh, from our other book, and also, uh, I want to talk about, really quickly, distractions during meditation. So, we'll be right back. Thank you again to Anya for, I'm not sure I can pronounce the name of that song, right? That happens a lot with her songs. Not The title, it's almost like a word from a made-up language that she made up. I don't know how to pronounce it, but thank you for that musical interlude. And uh, welcome back to The Mystic Show. Again, our website, themysticshow.net. You can find everything there, links to all our archive shows. Actually, not even links to our archive shows. On the website, that's where all of our archive shows are are living. So you can you can browse right there. Looks like we have a phone call here. Let's check it out. Hello. Hi, this is Sangeeta. Oh, hello Sangeeta. I think <laughs> you're you're live on the radio by the way. So oh. <laughs> so welcome to the Mystic Show. I think you're probably our youngest listener. How old are you? I'm 11. 11. Okay. So that means you're in the... What grade are you in? I'm in 6th grade. Oh, 6th. Okay. See, I remember 6th grade. So... Yeah. <laughs> and, you don't, and you don't have school today, right? It's President's Day. Yeah, only my sister does. Your sister does? <laughs> yeah, because she had to make it up. For, for the snow days that we had. Right, too many snow days. So, so I got your email, Sangeeta. Thank you. Do you have a question for for us? Yeah, I'm always like arguing with my sister, and I like always react to it, which makes me in trouble. So I wanted to know how do I stop from reacting because I can never because she always is like bothering me and calling me mean names. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough one, right? I mean, that's, um, I think, I think most everyone on earth wants to know the answer to that question, um, Sangeetha. I mean, well, there's a lot of different ways you could handle it. I mean, first of all, I would talk to your dad about that. He's really good with those things. Um, You know, you know, it's funny, Sangeetha, when, when you live with your dad and your mom all the time, you sort of get used to them and everything but i must say that your mom and dad do have a lot of knowledge and and really when you have questions like this you can really sit down with them and and ask ask your parents and they they'll have a nice conversation with you um but for my answer um i think it comes down to um almost trying different things and and i i don't I don't mean to sound like I'm not giving an answer, but try different things. Try maybe one time you could just walk out of the room. Maybe another time you could just close your eyes for five minutes. Pretend you're meditating. Just ignore her. Um, maybe you could uh, maybe you could say, I know you don't mean that, sister. <laughs> um, what's your sister's <laughs> name again? Preeti. Preeti. You could say, Preeti, I know you don't mean that. I love you. <laughs> you know su- surprise her a little bit so, okay yeah and the other thing is for yourself i mean just just kind of relax and and um yeah i mean what does it really mean if someone calls you a name what um, what is why is that bad i guess because she always like um says it in a mean way so i i guess i always take that um for like real like she says it all the time so right so yeah i mean even though she's saying it and she might just be trying to get you to react so and but you know she loves you right yeah yeah so there you go so that's a very strange thing being a human being sangeeta is that People, Someone might love you or like you a lot, but they still might say things that might seem to hurt you, but they really don't mean it. So, just, you can sort of be aware that on the deeper level, your sister loves you and you love your sister. So, in the moments when you feel like reacting, you can just remember that. Maybe you could say it out loud. Or maybe you could, another thing, maybe you could ask your sister. You know? Do you okay. are you do you re, do you mean that in a mean way or do you really love me? <laughs> See, part one a good thing to do is you can always put it back on the other person too. Like Okay. Yeah, ask her. Thank you. Sure, I hope that helped and I'm glad you're listening and thanks for uh being up on a day when you don't have school and calling up Sangeeta. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. All right. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Well there you go. Our youngest listener, 11 years old. Thank you, Sangeeta. I'm not sure I gave her any good advice. I mean, it's always it's more difficult, I think when you're I mean, not to take anything away from children, but but to put the put the onus on me like when you speak to children, you have to speak a little simpler. And um and there reminds me of that famous quote from, uh, I'm not even sure who said it, um, I think I heard it from Paul Martinelli. He said, if, if, if you can't explain something simply, then you don't know it well enough. So putting something into simple terms is, is actually not easy. I mean, there's the famous quote from, uh, I think, Ernest Hemingway. He wrote, uh, what did he write? He wrote someone a letter that was like three or four paragraphs. And he said, I'm sorry this letter is so long. If I had a lot more time, I would have made it shorter. Because making it shorter is actually more difficult, (laughs) right? Anyone can ramble on, but how do you make it short?" and sweet and succinct and make it mean something. It's not so easy. So, um, yeah, let's go to our 365 Tao book while we have a couple minutes. Let's end on this note. This is our book, 365 Dao Daily Meditations by Deng Ming Dao. It's one of my favorite little books. Um, And there's a passage for every day of the year And this is actually today's passage uh, Which is, what's today? February 17th Um, February 17th, yeah Today the selection is titled Knowledge Uh, Knowledge, okay So here I'll read it, it's very short Life Is beauty, terror, knowledge A crucial part of following Tao is seeking knowledge All the efforts of self-cultivation are meant to make us a fit vehicle for that search Sometimes what we learn is not pleasant With learning, we glimpse life as it really is. And that is difficult to bear. That is why spiritual progress is slow. Not because no one will tell us the secrets, but because we ourselves must overcome sentiment and fear before we can grasp it. There is an underbelly of terror to all life It is suffering, it is hurt Deep within all of us are intense fears that have left few of us whole Life's terrors haunt us, attack us, leave ugly cuts To buffer ourselves, we dwell on beauty We collect things, we fall in love, we desperately try to make something lasting in our lives. We take beauty as the only worthwhile thing in this existence, but it cannot veil cursing, violence, randomness, and injustice. Only knowledge removes this fear. If we were shown the whole truth, we could not stand it. Both lovely and horrible details make us human. And when knowledge threatens to show us our follies, we may realize that we are not yet ready to leave them behind. Then the veil closes again, and we sit meditating before it trying to prepare ourselves for the moment when we dare to part the curtain completely. And that's, uh, that's this passage called knowledge. That's pretty deep and pretty heavy. So, um, but very good, right? I like this, uh, That is why spiritual progress is slow, not because no one will tell us the secrets, but because we ourselves must overcome sentiment and fear before we can grasp it. You know, that's why a lot of the saints say, everything you need is right here. It's already here. (laughs) But we're just not, I guess, not able to grasp it. Well, I'm happy you could spend some time with The Mystic Show this morning, or whenever you're listening to it. I hope some of these topics were intriguing, and uh, we know they're important. And I hope you can think about some of these topics, and maybe even talk to someone else about these topics. Bring it up in conversation. There's no better conversation to have. Than the real ones. So, as you move through your day, hang on to your inner connection, and as always, keep shining.